You can find most of my work on my Twitter at E-L-I-D-E. Excuse me, let me enunciate that one again. Clean read on that one. (laughs) Hello and welcome to Grumble Pack. Hello and welcome. Uh, my name is Jasmine Gower. I am a fantasy author and freelance editor. You can find me on Twitter at JAS underscore Gower, or you can find my author website at jasminegower.com, or my editing website at publishing.jasminegower.com. And I am Eli Winstrom. I am primarily an illustrator and game dev. You can find most of my work on my Twitter at E-L-I-D-E-E-Art. Or you can find my portfolio site at eliwinstrom.com. I also have an Etsy shop where I still sell stickers at uh, the same name, Art on Etsy. I don't think I ever had anything to follow up on okay, that one. Okay. I will say, I think you forgot to say game dev, which is a very I important part sure of our introduction this episode. did. Yes, we are also both game devs devving a game together. Together, yes. We're doing a cute little spooky farm sim where you can be extremely gay. Yes. We're not very far into most of the parts of that, but... I mean, considering we walked into this with literally no knowledge of how to make games, and now we have come out with two, and we have a functional thing where you can walk around... That's true, That's yes. amazing. <laughs> we have successfully programmed many things. It's yes. just in terms of creating a complete game, we're still pretty far from our end goal. We we did the thing that you're not supposed to do with your first game, which is make a gigantic scope. Fuck <laughs> off. I wanted to make a big game. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. We've also made two very small games. Yes. So... This episode, we are going to be talking about game dev tools, and we're going to be going through some of the stuff that we have used before, uh, especially some of the more, the cheaper or the free options, Mm because that's what we've been going through since we don't have any sort of funding. This is just a thing that we're trying to do in- For funsies. For funsies, in addition to our day jobs and our side hustles, etc. So, to begin with, I do want to plug- our game and our game dev yes. thing a little bit. We are both halves of Mortis Games. Uh, you can find us on Itch and Twitter at Mortis Games. Jasmine has been doing uh, monthly devlogs on the Itch page. I have been trying to keep up with the Twitter very recently. We, we post mostly updates on art and uh, little mechanical things that we've been doing. We also have two micro games out that you can play if you would like to. Yes, those are also on Twitch, and they are not Twitch, itch. itch. God, those are also <laughs> on itch, and they are free. They sure are. We, uh, we should also mention, we're, we're not actually two halves, uh, because we two also halves. have our oh, yes, project yes, manager, yes, yes, Stacy, who, manager. Uh, if you listen to our World Dance With You episode, was a guest on that. Yes. Sorry, Stacy, I did not mean to leave you out. I'm so used to saying I'm one half of Mortis Game. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we wanted to talk a little bit about some of the, the game dev tools that we are familiar with, that we have gone through, because we cycled through quite a few before we landed on what we're using right now. Yeah, it took us a while to land on a good engine for what we had in mind for our game, because we're designing a 2D I- isometric mm-hmm. top-down game, so... Depending on what type of game you want to make will depend on what kind of engine is going to be the most valuable to you. Yeah. 
I, if it's all right with you, I did want to start with a couple of things that we didn't actually try to use for for Deadland, but I think they're really good like intros to working on games. Mm-hmm. Specifically, I wanted to talk really briefly about Twine, RPG Maker, and Renpy, because mm-hmm. those are all things that I've dabbled in, and I think they're a very good introduction to making games, especially if you don't have any sort of programming background. Yeah. And if folks are interested in trying to make games, I think they're a really good jumping off point because it's a lot less terrifying than booting up like Unity for the first time and not knowing what you're doing. Right. And I've made games on Twine before and it's mm-hmm. the the end product I think is less a game than most people would generally define the concept. It's a, a text based adventure. It's yeah, it's an interactive uh, piece of media. Yeah, and it's uh Twine specifically is a free online uh I think they are marketing themselves as a text adventure maker. Yeah. And there are actually a couple of games I know on Steam that I really enjoy that have uh, been made with Twine. They're specifically the, the choice of games. I am very partial to Choice of Robots by uh, by Kevin Gold. It's fantastic, and I don't think I've ever gotten the same ending twice. It's Twine is very fun because you can put as much or as little work into it as you would like to, and mm-hmm. you still end up with a product that is finished. Uh, there's also RPG Maker, which I have messed around with VX Ace specifically, because that's what I picked up in the Humble Bundle. Yeah. Uh, if you're not picking stuff up through the Humble Bundle, because it's not always up that way, it's about $70, so it is kind of a sink if you're not exactly sure what you're doing or if you're just playing around with it. There is a free version of RPG Maker, Ooh, I believe. Excellent. Excellent. And I'm sure they have a free trial, too. Yeah. Uh, that one's very good for the sort of isometric... T- not isometric. Top-down. The Yeah, the sort of top-down, f- original-ish Final Fantasies, yeah. your Golden Suns, your Pokemon-style things. Pretty simple 2D graphics. Yeah, and it's it's very handy in that it doesn't require a ton of programming knowledge. And if there are certain things that you need to work with, they have some pretty great online resources for it. It is pretty constricted in the sort of games that you can play, and especially in the visual style. There are a couple of games that aren't your straightforward sort of you walk around in the tall grass and you fight enemies RPG. The ones specifically I wanted to bring up that I'm sure were made with RPG Maker are Yume Nikki, which Mm -hmm. is very popular, sort of surreal horror game. There's The Witch's House, which is another fantastic horror game. Can't recall when it came out. I apologize. I did not write that part down. I guess like 2013. Yeah, that's sometime, right. sometime in the mid 20 teens. Yeah, it still holds up really well. And then To the Moon, which I know a lot of people know about and enjoy. It's I like, like that game a lot. It's it's fantastic and heartbreaking, etc. But it's it's an example of how you can use the RPG Maker system to make something that's not necessarily just a combat focused exploration game. Right. Last on my introductory thing is uh, Renpy, which I definitely messed around a lot with a couple of years ago. It's a free visual novel maker, uh, so you can make a one of those cute little dating sims or a kinetic novel, etc. It is a little more program-focused, uh, excuse me, programming-focused. You need to know some Python, but it also has some pretty great resources and comes with some jumping-off tutorial games that you can walk through. It's very handy. Again, pretty restrictive with the kind of game that you can make. But if you want to make a dating sim, a visual novel, a kinetic novel, very, very good for that. Yeah, that's that's all good shit. Um, yep. 
some other ones that I poked around with early on when we were trying to decide what engine to use for Deadland, but I didn't get too far into, uh, were Stencil and Construct, which are both free game maker tools. Um, they're less heavy on the programming side, like they're designed for people who have less programming experience, but you can use programming to get more specific with the the function. Um, I, I didn't get too far into either of those, um, but again, they're free, so maybe for yeah. someone else they, they would be a good choice. Uh, and you already talked about... You, know, you talked about RPG Maker and Twine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Game Maker Studio. Also, yeah. I don't remember how deep into that you got, but I got a little Pretty ways into, into that, it. yeah, when we were doing early, early stuff with Deadland. That one is... More code heavy mm-hmm. uh, and a li- quite a bit more restrictive, I think, than the engine we ended up settling on. But yeah, it's very it's very specifically, I think, meant for two D games. Yeah, you absolutely. can technically make a three D game in it, but it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, um, but that's the engine that Cook Serve Delicious was made on. Yes, so. It's it's good. It just wasn't what we needed at the time. Yeah. That one is also not free. Uh, it does frequently go on sale on the Humble Bundle, and you do you can have a personal version for free. That just means you can't make money off of any right. products you make with it. And then there's a ten dollars a month or an eighty dollars a month plan, depending on what level of distribution you want to do. So if you want to just mess around with it, you can check out the free version. Yeah, the nice thing about a lot of these programs is that if you're just doing hobby stuff or you're doing very small scale games and distribution, then you can get a lot of this stuff for free and it's not until you start making actual money that they're like, now you have to pay us to do this. (laughs) It's not a Photoshop Uh, situation. Which which seems fair. Yeah. That seems like a fair business model. Absolutely. Um, and if you're a student too, you can get yeah. even even more free access to, yes. to cool stuff. The the engine that we ultimately decided on for our game, uh, that a lot of game developers I think decide on mm-hmm. is Unity. Unity is free unless I don't remember the exact metric, but you have to make like over a hundred thousand dollars a year. There's a big to, chunk of to have to pay for Unity. It's essentially as long as you're not like a AAA studio or yeah. if you're okay with the Unity screen the logo, showing up yeah. when you first start, which is, I don't care if people know I mean Unity. Unity's great. I, they deserve the credit. I, I also do feel the need to say, we're not getting paid by Unity to talk about this. We no, just really it's, like it's Unity. It's a very good system. <laughs> um, and Unity does also come with Visual uh, Microsoft's Visual Studio, which is just the, the text editor program for the code uh, that has visual markup that really handy that works well with the code and checks that there are not glaring errors in your code that's going to destroy mm-hmm. everything and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The the thing that I think really really made me get attached to Unity was not only the fact that it could do the thing that we wanted it to do, mm-hmm. but also because there are so many free tutorials on the Unity site that yeah. are straight up just walkthroughs. They're like, here's how you learn programming. Here's how you do this piece. Here's how you add sprites and edit them. It's fucking fantastic. Yeah, I will say as as a program, Unity is very dense. Mm-hmm. 
that speaks to its versatility and its flexibility and the like depth of shit it can do. But it's also very intimidating if it's the first time you boot it up. Yes. But on the flip side of that, it's also an extremely popular program. It must get, like, government backing or something. Someday. Because they have so many resources just on their website that is like, here's a, like, free 20-hour step-by-step course. At the mm-hmm. end of it, you get, like, a certificate that you can put on your LinkedIn. Yeah. That's all completely free. <laughs> and... Even if that that particular walkthrough, the the official Unity one, doesn't show you what you need for your specific needs, I guarantee you, you can Google it. Someone else on the internet will have some answer. Not necessarily one that will work. Yeah. The, I've found, especially if their answer is from, like, 2012 and yeah. 17 versions of Unity ago. But That is something I... It's frustrating to have to download a new version of Unity every couple of months. But, or excuse me, every couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> but the updates always do things that are really nice and handy. It's, yeah. It's very good. It's it's a robust program, and that comes with all of the pros and cons you would expect. Yes. I will say, if you have dabbled in any sort of 3D modeling or animation program, booting up Unity for the first time will be a little less terrifying, because you will at least have the basic knowledge of how to sort of navigate the area and some of the icons translate. So if you've played with like Maya or Blender or even something like Nomad Sculpt, uh, pulling it up and being able to move around is a little bit easier than I imagine hopping in with no prior knowledge of how to poke around a 3D space like that. Like me! (laughs) I I work in 2D spaces exclusively, (laughs) uh, which is a good, I think, transition to talking about some of the art programs that I've been using, at least. Yes. Uh, So the big one that I've been using, the one that I like the most, it's not free, unfortunately, uh, is Aspirite. It's like $20, I think. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. You can get it on Steam. Uh, It's just a great pixel art editing program uh, that has a lot of functionality and versatility and is good for setting up little animations, too, or doing sprite sheets. Uh, all the kinds of shit that you're going to need in a 2D pixel art video game, yep. which is what we're making. So yeah, so there's that. Um, I also have used, and I hate to say its name out loud, because its name is Piskel. <laughs> P-I-S-K-E-L. Um, that that one is a free pixel art editing program. Um, it's It's pretty okay for setting up animations, too. Uh, it's not quite got the same level of utility as Aspirite, but it's good enough for what mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I also use GIMP, which is basically the freeware Photoshop. Yeah. Y'all probably heard of GIMP before. Yeah, GIMP, your fire alpacas, your... Yeah. Um, and it's Photoshop, but it's free. Yeah. And I use uh, almost exclusively Clip Studio right now, the less expensive version of it. I think that's just Clip Studio Pro, which is very versatile program. It's You can fudge it to work with pixel art, which is nice, uh, but Jasmine does do most of the pixel art for this game so far. I've been sticking to uh, character portraits and concept arts. That one is also not free, especially if you're using the iPad version, which is unfortunately subscription-based. Boo. <laughs> yeah. 
but I it's it's so much easier to use it on the iPad. The desktop version does frequently go on sale for like $10. So if that's something you're interested in, keep an eye out on that. Cool. And then just for like project management stuff, I've listed this is all free shit too. You probably yeah. use it in school or work or whatever, <laughs> but like Google Drive, Trello, Asana. Honestly, I think Asana sucks, but Asana's it's, it's there. Too much, I think. I oh, really I think it it's not enough. <laughs> but yeah, like anything. honestly, if you're Asana's just like checklists. And it's like yeah. use Habitica if you're gonna yeah. do that. Because then at least you get like a cute little RPG character. <laughs> Uh, Habitica, I guess you could also use, but you can't yeah. really share like your no, to do you list with yeah. other people on Habitica. Yeah. Uh, Google Drive you, and Trello. Use Trello. <laughs> Those are the things that we've been using, and it yeah. works fine. It's fine. <laughs> uh, and you can also, I guess, GitHub does have some uh, project management stuff too, but mm-hmm. I listed them under educational resources because they also have educational mm-hmm. resources on GitHub. Um, as far as personal project management goes as well, um, I have been messing around with Tape a lot, which is a desktop, mostly checklist program that you can get on Itch. I'm not actually sure how much it costs because I got it in a gigantic bundle, but it's really nice because you can sort out your checklists. You can sort them by priority, have them yell at you if you're not doing them quickly enough. You can sort them by what kind of project it is, which is very cool. Lots of collapsible little things. And because of the way that my brain works, I do need roughly 12 different programs all telling me the same thing at once. So it's nice to have that as well. Uh, yeah. Should we say more? I feel like we've kind of covered most of these educational resources that I have listed. Yeah, we talked about the the Unity and the Humble Bundle. Humble Bundle, by the way, I keep throwing that out there. It's, um, a site that sells software and book bundles frequently for very, very cheap. I've gotten tons of resources and uh, assets for game making for like $25 a pop. And they cycle them out per month, I believe. And they frequently have new programs and new educational resources. They have, I think, right now, as of recording, which is October 26th, 2021, they have something up for Game Dev TV, which is a very handy video tutorial site. Uh, Usually it costs a bunch of money. I think this time it's like $10 for 12 courses, something like that. It's very nice. Yeah, and I have uh, Zenva listed here too, which is a similar thing as Game Dev TV. Uh, under normal circumstances, they are very expensive programming courses, uh, but Humble Bundle frequently has their courses at a large discount. So yes. keep an eye on Humble Bundle if you're looking for things like um, has coding courses, especially uh, things like C Sharp if you're going to be using Unity or I think. Game Maker use just C, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong. Uh, any of those programming languages, probably, they're all kind of similar on a logic yeah. level. So you'll you'll get something out of out of learning one coding language. It'll mm-hmm. translate somewhat to others too. If you want to pick up new ones. Ooh, I forgot. Sorry, jumping back to art really quick. Um, yes. I mentioned a couple three D programs that are either free or heavily discounted if you're a student. Blender, first of all, uh, like Unity, it's very 
dense and kind of terrifying when you first load it up, but there are a lot of online resources. It is 100% free because it's an open source software. As long as your computer can handle a 3D modeling and animation program, I highly recommend that one. The industry standard for 3D, I believe right now, is Maya, which is extraordinarily expensive. If you are a student at a uh, university, college, etc., you do get a free version of it. There are a couple of restrictions on that. Like, you can't make money off of it. There's a huge watermark on whatever you release. But it's very good for learning purposes, especially because there's a lot of crossover between Maya and Unity. It's, or excuse me, Maya and Blender. It's kind of I think folks who couldn't afford Maya to begin with started putting Blender together. It's nice. very handy. And we do keep tossing out the the, the name, the, the domain name Itch. We might want to go over that one yeah. really quickly. I don't imagine folks who are extremely into game dev aren't sure what Itch is, but we can go over it as well. Yeah, so it, itch.io uh, is a game vendor platform? Distribution platform. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, they sell video games. Uh, mostly indie games. Mm-hmm. Entirely indie games? I don't know. Not entirely indie games. There is some crossover with, like, uh, you can get Night in the Woods on there, which has been right. uh, released uh, widely. It's, I think, meant for smaller distributors, definitely, because it's ridiculously easy to set up a game dev profile and post oh, stuff. Yeah. And then get money for it. Yeah. They Every time you upload a game, they walk you through the process of setting up a landing page for said game. It's really easy to add patches to stuff. It's really easy to set up uh, devlogs. It's a very handy, free resource for distributing small games. If you are a small game studio or a single person who just wants to make cute little games, you can also release comics as long as it's a, a PDF file, you can release that on itch. Very handy also for smaller uh, smaller artists who maybe don't want to use Gumroad for one reason or another. And of course you can buy all that shit. Yeah. Also, if you're, yeah. If you're just looking to play games. There are so many. There are so many. Um, do be careful of the horny side of itch. Yeah. I will say. Yeah, it gets real horny real it, fast. It gets quite horny. But if that's what you're looking for, then yeah, they got you fucking covered. <laughs> they got what you want. Yeah, someone it, does. Mm-hmm. Itch is really nice, especially if you have like, even if you're just interested in checking out free games, they have a ton of stuff. They also organize uh, game jams frequently. Yeah, like they frequently have six or seven going at the, one time. The game jam that I made Monster Parade for was uh, on Itch. Mm-hmm. They, I know, also host the um, My First Game Jam every, I want to say, January for folks who want to get in on that. It's a very fun sort of first foray into making games. They make it very easy to connect with other folks. So maybe if you are like a programmer and you need an artist or the other way around, they have a very nice forum set up for that. And it's also just nice to check check in and see what other people are doing. Meet some people. Yeah. And if you're probably this is more relevant to like intermediate level game developers, but some of these game jams have like cash prizes. Yeah. If you win, uh, so that's worth looking into. Also, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's about. That's all I had on my list. Do yeah. we want to talk more about like our own the the Deadland journey? Yeah. Let's 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 talk more. about that. That's. 
So at the be- it was at the beginning of the pandemic that we started I talking about this, right? I think it was slight. It was before, okay, because I mostly wrote up the the game design oh, document right. at my that's day right. job. That's right. Okay, that's I right. I remember that. <laughs> uh, so before this whole sort of global pandemic thing uh, got started, we were I want to say poking around the idea of making a game. <laughs> Hi, so what I remember is one day I was playing Stardew Valley and I had this idea and I went to you and I was like, what if Stardew Valley but goth? <laughs> and you were like, yeah. And then we kind of just started making it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, we did We did spend a lot of time sort of noodling around with uh, specifically Game Maker Studio. I know we spent a couple mm-hmm. of months messing around with that. Yeah. We knew conceptually what we wanted to do, which yeah. is the elevator pitch is Goth Stardew Valley. Right. There were some specific mechanics that we were looking for an engine that would mm-hmm. help utilize. Yes. And we definitely really early on, I think, focused in on the uh, we want it to be a top-down Isometric 2D. Yeah. We do like the look of pixel art because that's we fun do. and we're leaning into that. And good stuff. I and also wanted Boy, I mean, like, learning how to do pixel art myself is like, it's harder than you would think, but it's oh, yeah. still not 3D modeling. <laughs> yeah. And it's definitely, nope, I was going to say less labor intensive than like a 2D uh, fully animated thing, but you know what? No, it's the same level I'm, of. <laughs> I don't know about that. It's like, I still only have so many pixels that I'm working with. And it's like, yeah, that's like intellectually a challenge when I'm trying to figure out how to translate the the visuals in my head to just like 64 pixels. But at the end of the day, I'm still only working with 64 pixels. It has its own set of rules that yeah. you can... That you can refine whether, uh, depending on how intense you want to get with it. But... Once we focused in on Unity, it became much easier to start utilizing what we wanted to do. And so the basic concept for this game, would yes. you like to go over that? Because it is mostly your brainchild. And yes. I'm- so my idea, like my central idea that I started with was uh, build it, you build the town that you're in. But I didn't want it to be like colonialism yeah (laughs) yeah i didn't want it to involve (laughs) colonizing in any way so my concept was it was you were building a town in the afterlife and from there i was just like and your neighbors are like skeletons who have forgotten who they are so as you become friends with them their personalities start to restore and they eventually regain their original uh, face, or not their original faces, their their actual faces, their true faces. As as you would perhaps say, you raise their spirits. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a bunch of puns in it. Um, yeah. So that's kind of the general idea that I was working for. And that, like, mechanic of getting your neighbors to turn back into people was the main one, I think, that I was trying to figure out how that would work in Game Maker. I was like, I'm not sure we can get there. Yeah. Also, Game Maker wasn't the best for isometric graphics. Or a farm sim. Like, the farm, farm sim, sim yeah. situation was a mess. But translating that all this stuff over to Unity has been, in the long run, uh, the right choice. Yeah. It sucked to have to fully reset what we were doing, but... We hadn't gotten that far, honestly. No. We're also moving a lot faster now that we have Unity and that we know what we're doing. Yeah. 
took me a long time to get to the point where I could start doing things, but now I'm not terrified every time I load up Visual uh, Visual Studio, which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> but no, those like like courses where you can get LinkedIn certificates mm-hmm. that I mentioned, like I did those. They're called the Pathways on uh, Learn.Unity is their, mm-hmm. their educational hub. Uh, and it's just a series of courses. There's currently two, I think, like a beginner one. Three. There's three. Three, yeah. Okay. There's the Unity Essentials one, but I don't think you get a LinkedIn thing right, for that. Right, no. That's, that's the, like, baby f- double, babies first. <laughs> double click yeah. the shortcut to open the program. Hit Alt to tumble that, your view. That's, like, if, if this is your first time on a computer, like that one. <laughs> but then the other two is, like, there's a basics programming course, basically, mm-hmm. or basics Unity course. I guess yeah. it's not all necessarily programming. Uh, and then a more intermediate course. And I've done both of those and that kind of process and a bunch of other, like, mm-hmm. random Unity courses, depending yeah. on what I was trying to yes. to figure out. But that that laid a really solid groundwork for me, I think, uh, in terms of knowledge of the program. Mm-hmm. So now I have a much easier time navigating it. And most of the stumbling blocks I'm coming upon now are, like, weird... I don't want to say glitches because I guess they're technically my fault, but the programming issues, the program, the way the program is set up, uh, not working in the way that I assume it will and having to kind of get into the guts of things and fix that so that it all works the way I want it to work. Uh, and then just like the, the logic of programming and like, okay, I want this to happen. So what do I need to put in the code? What codes? Does it need to talk to? What do I have to do in the Unity Inspector? Blah, 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 blah. It's a it's a brand new skill set. And for both of us who didn't really have a background in programming, it was a... That was kind of the biggest hurdle, was getting yeah. to the point where we actually kind of understood what we were doing. It's like, I learned... I taught myself HTML when I was 12. And it was like... Because Neopets. Yes, because of Neopets. Um, and... So I kind of, like, I understand programming language. It's like, it's the same as language language, honestly. <laughs> um, but other than that, I had one computer science class as an undergrad when I was, like, 19. But one lesson from that has really stuck with me that has been helpful in program, like, learning properly programming which is, uh, and this I feel like is now a really loaded term, <laughs> but learning how algorithms work and just like writing down step by step the logic of what the program needs to do and getting really, really specific because computers are dumb. Yep. They don't know shit. It's the, uh, it's the, the, the rubber duck thing where you are supposed to have something on your desk that you can talk to and explain your code to, because that's how you catch weird bugs. Yeah, yeah. But that, figuring out the logical path of programming is still the hardest part of it, I think, for me. But apparently that's the hardest part for everyone. Oh, good to know. (laughs) So STEM nerds are full of shit about being smarter than everyone else. It's, It's very interesting to see the level of just how, like... Yeah, okay, that works. This works. Let's go with that. That you kind of have to settle on because mm-hmm. you're like, this weird thing is broken, but there's a 100% no way an actual user could interact with this particular object with this particular set of rules. So we broke that, but everything else works now. So that's fine. Yeah. And the the amount of redundancies, I feel like this is more of a flaw in 
my programming skill. <laughs> but the amount of like redundancies that you put into code, because it's like, okay, I feel like there should be a way to make this all just be like one variable mm-hmm. that the code can look at every time it needs, every single code can look at every time this needs to be addressed. But I can't figure out how to make that actually work with the code I have set up. So I'm just going to slap that shit in here again, even though I already have it in this other code over here. Because I can't figure out how to get them to talk to each other in a way that doesn't break everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's difficult, but it's also like one of the most rewarding things oh I've God. ever experienced when to have something you, work. When you get stuck on a code for like hours or weeks or months, and then eventually you untangle it and you figure it out and you hit that play button in the preview window it and it works, it's just like, oh my God. I... <laughs> I have the power of gods at my <laughs> fingertips. There is also the flip side of that, which is uh, discovering that after hours of hunting around the internet and fighting with your code, realizing that you missed one capital letter, which broke the entire thing. Um, yes. That's where Visual Studio is very handy. Yes. That will catch <laughs> yeah. that shit for you. Yeah. I, I will come out and say that I think the scope for this game is probably a little outside of what we are able to do. Sure. But we're learning as we go. Um, our hope right now is to just have a playable demo available soonish. Who knows? I, I feel like we're doing okay. We have. I'm making progress. I mean, the, the inventory system mm-hmm. and the crafting system kick ass. That took mm-hmm. me forever to figure out both of those to get to work how yeah. they work now, but they kick ass. We're about, I would, I'm going to say a quarter of the way through the proper farming system. You've got the skeleton for the relationship system set up. Yeah, the relationship system is starting to come along. Um, I have a functioning dialogue system. Yeah. Boy, I think I can clean it up. I sure <laughs> hope I can clean it up because it is a mess how it currently is. Mm-hmm. You have a, a, a time, you have a time system set up? I, yes, there's an in-game clock. Yeah, it's... Uh, Laying it all out, what we have actually made when we walked into this, I'm going to say two years ago, sure, with zero, zero knowledge of what we were doing or how to approach anything is, I think, quite frankly, fucking cool. I think it's very impressive. And at this point, it's just a matter of getting the that groundwork of mm-hmm. the mechanics of the game laid out so that we can plug in all of the stuff mm-hmm. later on. I do also, I do also want it on record. Just in case, because I will say, I'm in- extraordinarily excited for Concerned Apes uh, Haunted oh, Chocolatier game. Chocolatier, oh my god, that's already my special interest. I'm deeply excited for it, but I'm also deeply terrified that Concerned Ape is about to come out with essentially goth Stardew Valley when we have been working fine. on this for two years. That's fine. <laughs> it still looks different. Also, I guarantee you we're going to have more gay stuff in ours. Yeah, because I, I I enjoy Concerned Ape a lot, but that seems like a, a blind spot of his. Yeah, I'm still unc- like you. You fucking romance Elliot as a dude, and he's just like, <laughs> I've never had a romance with a guy. But it's like Elliot, uh, really? But your hair, Elliot, <laughs> the way that you are, sir. the whole way that you are. <laughs> I don't understand. <sighs> yeah, I'm I'm excited, and I feel like we're going in a good direction, and we have. The momentum for it, we just need to continue working on it. Keep working, which is on my to-do list today. Yeah, so watch this space if you're into goth gay Stardew Valley. Well, no, watch Mortis Games. Well, yes. Because that's where we have updates about it. We'll also talk about it here, probably. Sure. (laughs) Watch our spaces. Yeah. (sighs) 
I think that is a good place to wrap things up. I don't have a lot more to say about the game. Uh, that's all I've got. Yeah, we're so lots of lots of resources for game devs mm-hmm. if you want to get into it. Um, Which honestly, I do recommend because making games is it, fun. It is fun, and and like we've said, we went into this nothing with only our Neopets HTML knowledge <laughs> from two thousand two. Yeah. Uh, and we're still doing an okay, we're having an okay time with it. It's, yeah, figuring it out. I mean, maybe this far into the pandemic, now that everyone's unemployment has dried up, is <laughs> you'll get less less utilization of all that time that we got. Yeah, uh, but it's still, if you've got <laughs> if you got time for more hobbies, this is a, a worthwhile one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Grumble Pack. Do check out Mortis Games both on Twitter and on Itch. You can also contact us. Specifically, Grumble Pack. And Grumble Pack ask. Ask. At gmail.com. Gmail.com and Grumble Pack Pod on Twitter. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> uh, thank you, friends. We will talk to you in two weeks. Yes. Thank you. And goodbye.